You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. And I'll uh, get you to open your Bibles back up. We are in the book of Ephesians again. We're going back there. Uh, Ephesians chapter... Working our way down to chapter 6. But we're still just about midway in chapter 5, maybe a little bit more than that. Well, I trust everybody's had a great week. Happy with the way your week went. Things were good, as far as you can tell. And uh, today's message kind of goes along with um, what your week really was like, honestly, what your life is, has been like to you. Um, some of you, I know we have some guests, and so just a little update. We're, we're working our way into uh, what it means to walk a spirit-filled life. When you have a spirit-filled life, you will, God is telling us here that you will manifest certain traits you'll act in a certain way. It's just because God's Spirit is the one that's leading your life now instead of you with your own thoughts and your own plans, um, even things that you think might be good, but when the Holy Spirit of God leads, He leads you in ways that uh, obviously are very good. And so we've worked our way down this morning to one more of those traits, and again, it's one of those one-verse messages that I want to preach about today. Today's message is going to be about giving thanks. A very common subject. You've heard about it around the Thanksgiving season. I'm sure I preached a message on Thanksgiving, and maybe uh, you've heard others do the same. But it's a spirit-led action of every Christian who has a walk with the Lord. And uh, again, I don't know if when you got up this morning, Is Sunday a morning that you sleep in a little bit more than normal? And if that's the case, uh, do you spend time with the Lord before you come to church? Did you take the time just to read a little bit of the Word of God and maybe uh, take some time to talk to Him? Uh, Because um, really, if the Spirit is not leading, if you're just here on leftovers, you know, from last uh, Wednesday night or last... um, uh, Sunday, which by the way, last Sunday, I thought last Sunday was tremendous. Uh, the Lord really blessed with Brother Jet. We'll talk a little bit about that at the end of the, the uh, service here. But um, if, you're, if you're working on leftovers, they only last so long. And you, you really need to have a regular walk with God where you spend time with the Lord. You're in His Word. You let God talk to you. You let Him show you where changes need to be made. You look at your whole life through the eyes of the Word of God rather than through your human eyes. And when you do that and the Holy Spirit is leading you, uh, it becomes an easy thing to say thanks for everything. So if you'll look with me, we're going to look in verse 18 again. I'm going to read down to verse 20. All right, Ephesians 5, and look with me, if you will, in verse 18. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Pause, pause there. Remember, uh, someone who's drunk is, uh, 
something else is in control of their life, and it controls their whole body, controls their thoughts, controls words that come out of their mouth, it controls actions that they do, an outward force that has gone inward is now directing their life. But when you're drunk with wine, it brings about heartache and grief. But when you've been filled with the Spirit, the Spirit of God, an outside force that has come inward has taken over, is leading your thoughts, is now leading your actions, gives you a brand new attitude, and you begin to see life through the eyes of God. It makes a huge difference in how you live your life. When the Holy Spirit is leading, uh, it, it's not, uh, you don't feel handcuffed like, like God's got his thumb on me and I just can't live my life. I seem to be so bound up. Now if I have to really live for God, guys, that, that, that's a lie of the devil. Uh, God will just give you such liberty where the Spirit of the Lord is. What does the Bible say? There's, there's liberty. There's great freedom in the Lord. And uh, man, it would be my greatest desire to see our congregation just really have a walk with God and be filled with the Spirit on a daily basis. It'll change your life. That being said, I'll need to read verse 18 again and tie these all together. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now look what happens when you do that. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. There just is a harmony between you and God. There really is. You'll, you won't have a problem singing uh, little songs. You know, yesterday I was out trying to shovel some things uh, off my uh, sidewalk and driveway and, and uh, just thought I would just sing a little bit and praise the Lord. And it lightened the moment. It gave me a new perspective. And it just brings a harmony between my life and God's. So then you get into verse 20, which is our text verse for today. Here's another thing that will happen when you are filled with God's Spirit. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is like saying you're going to give the Father thanks through Jesus Christ is what that's like saying. Now that's a great verse, and I want us to read that out loud together. And if you have that in verse 20 there, um, Follow along with me now and, uh, and lift your voice up. So verse 20, the Bible says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And let's pause there and we'll have prayer. God, thank you for the day you've given to us today. Thank you for your goodness and for putting perspective to our lives, helping us not to feel like life has just run away with us, but to realize we're in the palm of God's hand and no man can pluck us out of the Father's hand. We're in the greatest place we can be in the Lord. You are our, our shield and our, our buckler. You're the high tower that we can run to. You are our redeemer. And uh, we just, we're so grateful and thankful for who you are to us today. Will you help us as we take a look at the word of God today and allow God's Spirit to lead us in this manner. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever found that some people just can't be thankful for anything? I heard the story of the husband. He was a little bit of a grump, um, unlike most husbands. But this guy was a little bit of a grump. And 
So he told his wife one morning, and she was trying to please him. She always tried to please him and make him happy. And he says, uh, he says I'd like to have uh, some breakfast this morning. He said, I want, I want two pieces of toast, one whole wheat with butter, one white uh, piece of white bread with butter, and then I, I want my eggs. I want one scrambled, and I want one over easy. And so, I mean, he, he wasn't asking for much. How many wives would do what that man said but this one did and she made it brought it to him perfect just like whole wheat butter white bread butter toasted uh one egg scrambled and, and one egg over easy and he had this grumpy look on his face when uh, she set it down in front of him and she said honey what's wrong he says look you scrambled the wrong egg yeah i know what some of you ladies are thinking you just don't want to say it out loud. So, um, egg on the face, right? Um, some people just don't have anything to be thankful for, and when it's right in front of their eyes, right in front of their face, they just don't know how to say thanks. They don't know how to get it out. You know, whether it's something that's happened in the past, some, something that shaped their attitude growing up, life was tough, uh, and anytime anything... Ha- uh, good ever tried to come to them it was snatched out from under them you know you get the the rug jerked out from under you and life got really hard and really tough I don't know what the reason would be I, I, I understand <clears throat> why some people can have a tendency toward that but what we have to understand is this that when you got saved you, you your past was done away with and you've got a, a new future in the Lord Jesus Christ you have a new identity in the Lord Life is good in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you have something to be happy about every day of your life. It can change everything about us if we just let the Lord live through us. And it's not really as hard as some might think a spirit-filled Christian. What is, man, what does it take to be really, really, really spirit-filled? You just bow down before God every day and yield to Him and say, God, this life is not mine. This is yours. I surrender to you. If there's sin in my life, God forgive me. And when I stumble and fall today, as we do, uh, just ask God, Lord, forgive me. Help me to, to carry on. That's not really that hard. And it just takes a commitment that I, I want to walk hand in hand with God. And you'll find out that everything in life is something that we can be thankful for. So number one, uh, the one verse, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, I want you to notice God starts this sentence off with what I will call an action. Notice the first word is giving. We love to do that at Christmas time. Man, what a blessing. Uh, you know, we had our grandkids all around us, every one of them, and then two of them stayed with us an extra week or two, two and a half extra weeks. Um, and that was a blessing. Love to have them. Uh, and, and, and I just loved hearing, Papa, can I? And I mean, there's just something about that. Just like there's already a yes trying to come in before I hear what the, the request is. And I, I love giving to, to my grandchildren. It's really a blessing and, and, and an encouragement. We haven't had a, a lot of opportunities to do that. So this was really special for us. So giving, is, is, it's an action word, and it implies Understand when God starts off with the word giving, it implies that you have something to give. 
that a spirit-filled Christian, God just knows and understands it's already locked in that if I'm going to tell you to be spirit-filled and I'm telling you to give, that everybody must have something to be able, the thing that God's talking about here is available to be given to God. So um, when we give thanks, we're expressing in a, in a verbal way our gratefulness for something that's been given to us. Can I say that again? When we give thanks, we are expressing in a verbal way our gratefulness for something that's been given to us. Just remember that if you can. Most of us will think about, yeah, I, I, got, I got this neatest thing and it was such a blessing and I, and I just truly from my heart was able to say thank you. Well, hold on to that. It, it expands a little bit here as we work our way on down through there. For instance, again, expressing in a verbal way our gratefulness for something that's been given to us. That's what thanks is. Now let me give you a, a two or three instances. Please listen. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thanks be to God. Now listen to what follows that. Which giveth us, giveth us the victory. So what has God given to the Christian life? We have victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. I have victory over sin. No longer does that um, habit that just has hung on to me and I've lived my life, you know, being drugged down by this habit that I just wish I could break loose from, no longer does that have captivity uh, over my body. God's given me the victory over sin, over death. I mean, there'll come a day and this body will lie in a grave, but I mean, the real me is going to be with God. I mean, God has given us the victory. And he says at the beginning of that verse, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. He says in 2 Corinthians 9, 15, thanks be unto God. So there he's giving something back. And it goes on to say, for his unspeakable gift. Can anybody really adequately describe what God gave you when you got saved? I've tried to put it into words. I've tried to tell the blessings that come along with it. I try to describe peace that comes out of my heart. And I I try to tell them how I've got, it's just a brand new life. and And I tell them as much as I possibly can. But honestly, guys, how do you fully adequately describe what God gave to us on the day that we got saved? Anybody else saved here this morning and and excited about it? Could you say a little amen? Give thanks for what God has done. But it's it's an unspeakable gift, and, and we give thanks to God for that. Acts 27, 35 says, And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. So they had bread, they were offering thanks to God. And I'll say it again, when we give thanks, we are expressing in a verbal way, our gratefulness, this attitude of heart for something that's been given to us, if you can bear that in mind. So in each one of the cases that I read here just a moment ago, the person was showing their gratitude for something they had received from someone. So here's the sequence of events. Now, stay with me on this. Someone had something that they gave to you. You are then to have something, which is an attitude of gratitude, that you are to give back to them. Whenever anything, anything comes my way, I am to thank God for that. So when someone is filled with the Spirit, according to uh, the last message I preached in Ephesians, they will, we said it a while ago, they will sing. 
Their heart just becomes in harmony between them and God. And then according to our verse today, somebody that's filled with the Spirit, guys, you'll just give thanks. You, you will. Every one of us here today has been given so much. I mean, when I stop and look back at what God's given to us, it's really amazing. <laughs> Yvette and I were talking about how we had gone this entire week and we left one of our doors um, unlocked. I'll just put it that way. Uh, the whole week we were gone. <laughs> one of our doors was unlocked. And uh, you guys could have got in and just anything you had wanted. Great riches. And I was joking with her yesterday. I said, just think, somebody could have come in and stolen all our great riches. And we looked at each other and, and just chuckled. <laughs> they might have walked in and said, yeah, <laughs> you know. But hey, I just want to tell you, I am so grateful for what God has given to us. So thankful. The house and the home and the car and this church and this church family. God's been really good, hadn't he? If you look at your life, I know you've got heartaches, and I know there's grief, and I know there are things that we could lay out that might just look a little bit ugly to everybody else, but God's been really good, and every one of us have things that we could lift up to the Lord and just say, God, thank you so much. Um, so number two, um, this one verse, this one sentence also has what I'm going to call a, a quantitative word to it couple of them actually. You say, what is quantitative? It has quantity. Uh, it just simply means you can measure it. Um, you can see how broad it is, maybe how deep it is, or how full it is. That's a quantitative set of words that are in this verse. Um, how, how big or how far-reaching that it's supposed to be. And God tells me what my thanks is supposed to look like. He tells me the size of it or the measure of it or how far out my thanking is supposed to go. How ex you want to use the word extravagant, you can use that. Just how extravagant would somebody get with being thankful? I mean, would they go around thanking God for literally everything that's laying around them? What does God tell us about that? And God answers that with the words. Can you go back there in verse 20? Look at it. I want you to see this. Giving thanks. Here's one quantitative word. It shows you how big. Or how often? Always. Well, okay, I can try that. And then notice the next quantitative word for all things. That needs to sink in a little bit. Always for all things. Um giving thanks should be done as soon as we recognize that a blessing or something has been given to me or been allowed to come into my life. Always. Um, so last week, um, week before last, now the, the Jets little boy, uh, Jace. Anybody meet Jace? The little guy? He, we, would, we took him out to eat uh, several times, and um, they would all be heading out the door, and then all of a sudden, he would come running up to me. He would come, you know, he's about seven inches tall. It just looks like it when he comes and stands in front of me, and he comes right up to my knees, and he tilts his head backwards, look like that little head's going to fall off, and he would say to me, thank you, Pastor, because that's how he talked. His R's aren't R's yet. They're W's, and 
And, and man, that just blessed my heart. See that little guy. By the way, did you hear what they taught him to say? Let's see. When somebody asks you what your name is, now that he's up here in this area, in our territory, they taught him to say, my name's Jason, don't you know? Like a, like a true Minnesotan or somebody that's gotten too close to a Minnesotan. Um, pretty cute. But, but many times, he, my grandchildren, would look at me and say, you know, thank you, Pastor, or thank you, Papaw. And it did something to my heart. And I mean, it really did something to my heart. It made me want to hear it again. Uh, I, I got to expecting it. And uh, when they wouldn't say thank you, I, I missed it. I could tell something was missing, and I, I never scolded him for it, but I could just tell, you know, what it did for me before was missing, and I, I kept looking for that. And it touches the heart of God, please hear this, when his children just look way up and say, thank you, God, for everything that's come into my life that you've allowed to come my way. It does something for the heart of God. God loves it when he hears his little children who sometimes can't even frame their words right or don't know how to express it in a proper way, much like a little short Jace would say to me, and we just do our best to say thank you to God. You may not get it right. You may not say it just the way that would have been a perfect way, but it's a blessing to God when he hears his children say thank you. Give thanks always. Don't let that be the one thing in your prayer life that is sorely missing. The thing that, you know, I said my prayers and asked God for everything. I, I praised him, but you walk away and no thanks were given for the things in your life. You didn't pause to look around and see all that God has left for you or what's in front of you. You didn't take the time to say, God, thank you for what you have allowed to be in my life today. Please don't let that be what is sorely missing in your life. When you spend time with the Lord and You've taken the time to ask God to, to control your heart and your soul. It'll become more natural for you to do that. But the next words that we can measure are the words, go back to verse 20, look at it, giving thanks, there's that first word, always, and then that next phrase, for all things. Just exactly what does that mean? I mean, it's a no-brainer. I mean, when we, oh, we're to tell God, thank you for all the great things that come your way. It's easy when you got something for Christmas that you wanted. You know, whether it was a pair of socks. Well, yeah, I'm thankful for the socks. Brother Corey Eastep, remember Brother Corey, my last assistant pastor? Um, the last Christmas they were with us, bought me a pair of socks. They were navy blue. They also had Christmas ornaments all em embroidered all over them, red and yellow and orange and blue and, and purple. And I just, I looked at him, I'm like, I ain't wearing these. So I am not going to put these on. Come on, pastor, it's a gift from me. I'm like, thank you, but nope, not going to wear those. <laughs> and just this last Christmas, I put them on. Nobody up there knew it because I stood behind this pulpit and I did not lift my pant legs one little bit. I saw an I saw an 80-something-year-old man in a funeral stretch his legs out in front of him wearing a nice-looking, sharp-looking man, sharp-looking suit till I got down to his black socks with big orange-yellow polka dots 
all over those socks. And I'm like, oh, somebody tell him what he did. He don't realize what he's done today. And he knew it. I just couldn't believe it now. So you can be thankful for whatever you've been given. I mean, if it's, uh, like I said, a pair of socks or maybe it was something that was a lifesaver to you. It really, really was a blessing to you. I mean, those are the easy things to stop and say thank you for, honestly. But guys, what about those tough ones, those really, really hard times? Do you mean when he says all things, God is even telling us to be thankful for trials? Um, Devastating things that come into our lives, that alter our lives so much. So let me just say some thoughts here, if I can. I I hope that we can get some perspective with this. First, let's remember that God is the one that gives good and perfect gifts to us. That's what God gives to his children. Uh, Every good and perfect gift comes from above. The Bible tells us that. God doesn't give bad things necessarily to his children. Stay with me on this. He does allow and sometimes even sends difficulties as corrective actions in our lives when we've gotten away from the Lord and, and uh, my bell's not getting rung by listening to the Sunday school lesson or my Bible reading and God says, all right, I'll take it up to the next level and he allows something a little sharper uh, to, to come into my life and, and to ring the bell so that I can realize, hey, I need to get back in line with God. God will allow that. I mean, Syria and Babylon were allowed to come in and invade Israel Uh, in some cases numerous times to be corrective action for his children but that was still an act of God's love but God allowed that and we live on a sin-cursed earth here today do we understand that and Satan is the prince and the power of the air and disease and heartache are all a part of our own selfish actions back in the garden of Eden we're the one that tripped the trigger when God said you know the day that thou eatest thereof you know, thou shalt surely die, and a, and a slow death came on Adam and Eve and on the rest of us, and the, the earth was cursed and so forth. So we got to include another factor in this as well. I think we all are familiar with Romans eight twenty eight. If you know it, you want to quote it along with me? And we know that <clears throat> all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Listen to that again. Let me just read it and listen. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, his children, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Guys, you need to understand it's not like God is sitting up in heaven and when bad things happen to his children, he says, hey, you brought this on yourself, bud. You had it coming. That's not what God does to his children. Uh, God will take the mess that we got ourselves into or that life has just dumped on us and God will take our mess and turn it into something that will be good for our lives. And that's what providence is. That's the hand of the loving, caring, sovereign. You hear these big words, providential hand of God working in our life. God does take uh, the tough things that are happening and works them for our good and for his glory. God will take our heartaches and uses those to strengthen my life. He takes a trial, 
that I'd rather not be going through. But God will take a trial and, uh, and use that in, in my life to, <clears throat> to reshape sometimes our personalities, to, to make us to be more conducive to the will of God. God will allow things to come into my life so that some things are severed out of my life. Other things are shaved away. Things that God knows are hindering our walk with Him. And what might seem like a very difficult trial, and we wonder where God is right now, God is doing a tremendous work in our lives. I remember the worst trial of my personal life. How God used that to show areas in my life where my my faith was so weak, and areas in my prayer life that was sorely lacking. And God used that trial to literally change my Christianity in many ways for the good. He reshaped who, even my own personality, I've often said, um, some of you that have been here for years can remember back about 10 years and life got real tough um, in some ways. And for your preacher, it was real tough. And it did reshape my personality. And I, I feel like I, I don't have the spontaneity that I used to have. And I feel like um, things that used to be a little crisper in my thinking uh, just don't seem to be there like they used to be. And I remember I used to pray and say, oh God, can you let me just be like I used to be? And then God taught me a valuable lesson that I made you the way you are and I've brought you to the place where you're at right now to be exactly the way I want you you give me more glory the way you are now than you could have before. Now, do I fully understand that? I don't fully understand that, but I believe that with all my heart that I'm a better person for the trial and the grief and what I would call heartache that uh, was at work in my life. And I'll never forget in that most difficult time in my life, the time I was sitting up in bed and finally looked to heaven, and I took Philippians 4, 6. Uh, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by, what's those three things? Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. I, I will never forget the day I just looked up to heaven as one of God's little children, and just tears streaming down my face, thanking God for every, everything that had happened and that was going on in my life, and how God was going to use that for my good and for his glory. When I said that, and when I truly said thank you, God, for what you've allowed in my life, that was when um, it was like shackles were broken off my hand. It was like uh, just the sweet, tender, I'll say feeling, but it was the Spirit of God that swept over me, and uh, the blessings of God could continue to flow when I learned how to thank him for what was very, very difficult in in my life. Here's what God does with hard times. God looks at our lives after we get saved, and how many of us know that the day you got saved, you still had some changes that need to be made to make you look more like Jesus? That while you're perfect in your soul and spirit that God has placed within us and given us that perfection, there's still part of my physical life that needs to change a whole lot. And a hearty amen would be real good for me to believe that you're believing what I'm saying, that we all need a lot of changes in our life, even the day we get saved. And so God knows how to make me look like him. I want to look like him by reading my Bible and by praying, getting on my knees and doing the things in church that I'd like to do. And those are good things. And I do look a little bit more like him when I do those things. But God knows that it's going to take some major surgery in my life 
to shape me into an image that looks like him. My entire life, God spends working on me so that I can conform to his image. Some of us have large portions of our life that need to be severed, to be shaved away, to be reshaped. Trials that come to our life that pound on certain parts of my life that I don't understand why this part of my life seems to be falling apart. And God would not call it falling apart. God would call that being shaped into his image. Or why this is happening and why we seem to be so short in this part of our life and we struggle so hard in these areas, God. Why do you allow things like that? And if you could hear the voice of God telling you, this is for your good. You're you're looking more and more like me all along if you can just learn how to look to me and say, thank you. It's not being happy that it's happening. It's not that you're enjoying the pain, but you do know that the result that's coming is going to be for the glory of God and for my good. I'll look more like Him. With that in mind, You need to know how to say thank you for everything. The gifts are easy. The nice things that come our way, that's easy. But the hard things, God, thank you. You're doing something in my life that I can't see. I'm not on the top side watching how your hands are working. But I know from your word, you're doing something really good in my life. And I just want to thank you. So, last this morning, there's a, what I'll call a directional word used in this verse. If you'll read it one more time with me, look in verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father. And notice this phrase, <clears throat> in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when you look back at the Lord Jesus and you bring him into this whole picture, uh, we stop to realize that Jesus Christ gave us the greatest gift that could ever be given to anybody. I mean, his own life, John 15, 13, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Guys, we literally owe everything to him. We could thank him continually for such a sacrifice that was made for us, that that unspeakable gift. How do you fully describe uh, what God did for us when he the Father gave His own Son for us. How do you describe that kind of love? It's, it's impossible to be able to get it out, but I know He has, and I know what He's done for me. So when I'm thanking God for all things, our thanks would just naturally have to flow through the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our everything. So, if I could just ask you this morning... When is the last time you just bowed before God and thanked Him for everything that's going on in your life? For salvation, wow. For a good family, praise the Lord. For a job, I mean our our clothing and and food and, and a warm house, good friends, even heartache, even grief, even some very difficult times when's the last time you just genuinely opened your heart up and looked up to the father and said thank you so much for what you have done a spirit-filled christian will do that on a regular basis you'll think about it throughout the day 
It'll become commonplace to you after a while to stop and realize all this was part of God's plan for my life. Thank you. So I want to ask you to bow your heads, if you would. Our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning. Nobody looking about. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer, and and I'd like to give you an opportunity, if you would like, to even come to an altar and pray, if you'd like to, here in just a little bit. But before I lead us in a word of prayer, if I could ask, is there anyone here this morning that would just say, hey, Pastor, uh, I could use some prayers this morning. I, I, I could uh, use the hand of God and His grace working with me and some things that I need to be thankful for. Just, just keep me in prayer about those things. Is there anyone like that that would just slip your hand up? Say, hey, Pastor, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, friend. Anybody else? Anyone else? Thank you so much. Well, Lord, it's very clear what you taught us this morning. The point of the whole verse was not so much uh, the giving of thanks, but the being filled with you. And so, God, if we're full of ourselves today, teach us how to die to this old flesh. Teach us what it really means when you taught us that we're supposed to become alive in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, God, make it a very common and natural thing in our hearts to be thankful for what you're doing with the things that you've given to us. And please hear us today as a group of people that love you just lift their hearts and tell you, thank you. So bless you and have your will and way in the invitation, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.